0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio.
1: Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you're a business coach and want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. We're broadcasting live on the High Velocity Radio Show and the Business Radio X Network. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. She's from down in your neck of the woods. At least that's where she is now after uh, doing a bit of globetrotting for a while. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast business coach Kate Bagoy. How are you?
0: Hey, guys. I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. Well, okay. I cannot complain. I am down in the Miami heat.
2: That's right. You got to love <laughs> the heat and humidity. It must be great to sweat just going to check your mail. That's my favorite part of being in Miami.
0: A hundred percent. You know, <laughs> I love it. I have, uh, I lived in 22 countries over the last two years and I found that I just really, I like it best when it's hot. So,
2: I know. I'm with you. I like 90%. sweating. I think sweating's a good thing. Now, <laughs> Now, uh, Kate, tell us a little bit about your practice. How are you serving folks?
0: Um, yeah, so my practice, you know, I've been in business about a year and a half as an official coach. I was doing a number, uh, you know, coaching as kind of an advisor for startup accelerators prior to that in my previous life. Um, and now I work, I have two, two different ways. I work with people. I have one-on-one uh, business coaching for established business owners and corporate burnout who, you know, don't want to make all of the mistakes. Uh, that That people make when they start their businesses,
1: mm-hmm. and then I
0: run an online program uh, for freelancers, and that's basically business strategy for creative people that never had that business training.
2: So they might be like a designer, a writer, an artist, and then you help them kind mm-hmm. of with some structure, some business kind of structure.
0: Correct. So it's really like, I run a step-by-step program, you know, how to define your market and build a business plan, build a marketing plan, land your first client, position yourself as a premium service. So it's really small business coaching. And uh, yeah, the bulk of my clients are, are in kind of design event planning type deals that, you know, I have some coaches as well that are in there. Really the, what I saw was a need for solid, business and marketing strategy for people that didn't want to go get their MBA. You know, I got an MBA about 10 years ago because I wanted to run my own business and I thought that's what I needed. Um, but the reality is we don't need an MBA to be a successful business owner, but we do need some strategy.
2: Now, are most of your clients um, working to create uh, virtual companies or are they working in their individual markets?
0: Uh, it's a little bit Split, but generally speaking my clients want to work from home or anywhere uh, I do have a few clients that are nomads um, or aspire to be nomadic the way that I was but typically my clients are just they're tired of the corporate life and, and being trapped in a nine-to five and they want to be able to you know work at home with or without pants and you know do their run their business from their living room um, so it's more of a it's a freedom. They have the opportunity to travel if they want but they don't necessarily do that and I do teach basically online marketing strategies so the brunt of the strategies will revolve around that um, although in person marketing can really give a great impact for a lot of business owners as well
2: now in your career uh, you've like you mentioned you've had a, the opportunity to travel do you see this type of skills is this kind of universal like people in all different cultures and all different backgrounds can leverage the technology that exists nowadays to kind of choose themselves and make their own career on their terms nowadays as whereas, you know, maybe 20 years ago, that was much more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge, huge growing field. If you know how to market yourself um, and set up some online systems, there is no reason why you have to live in any specific city to run a business or even country. It's really, it's good marketing strategy. And with the advent of the internet, it's just made it so much easier to run your own business, to get started faster than it was 20 years ago. And, you know, or or even to find online jobs, those exist now too. And, um, you know, we're seeing those trends. There's the industry for freelance is just booming. It's something like, it's estimated that something like 60% of the workforce will be remote um, within the next, I think, five years, 10 years. Um, And that's all thanks to the amazing internet.
2: Now, is it something that in order to leverage this properly, you have to have some, like as table stakes, some skills, like I have to know how to make a website. I have to know how to be a social media, you know, expert. I have to know how to do, you know, WordPress like, do I have to know these things or can I just be a good artist or a good, you know, uh, massage therapist?
0: Yeah, you don't absolutely have to know anything, although it does help when you're starting out if you don't have the budget to hire somebody else to help you. But if you at least understand what you need and you have this strategy, um, you know, of how you can connect clients and what needs to be on a website to actually make it a lead generating machine for you or how to use social media. And, you know, you can hire people to help you do the technical stuff if that is not in your wheelhouse.
2: Now, what about in, um, if I'm this person just starting out, and I have my, like, say I'm a coach, and I want to begin a coaching career. And Mm -hmm. uh, so part of me is lead the coach. Do I have to be lead the coach that's also a brand? Is branding important or is that something only the big boys like Nike and Coca-Cola get to do?
0: I think branding is really, really important for long-term business. In the very beginning, we often overthink this, however. So most new people and new coaches in particular think that they need this huge brand and the online funnels and all of this stuff to get started in business. And it's simply not true. It's helpful Um, And it can, you know, generate trust uh, faster when you have a big brand behind you. But it's not critical for getting started. Now, that said, it is a really good strategy as a coach if you want to run a, you know, multi-six or seven-figure-plus business, you want to be building a brand from the beginning and, you know, slowly working through that uh, because it is important the bigger your business, the bigger your brand.
2: Should my brand, should I be branding my name or should I be bigger than my name? Like, should I have a company, you know, coaching unlimited rather than It totally depends on the
0: type of business that you want to build. So one of the things that I do with my clients, right, before we start anything and before we do any sort of business development or get into a plan, is we sit down and we do a little visioning session, to discover what you really want to build i mean do you want to be you working from home in your living room and taking client calls five days a week or do you want to have an office with 50 employees and millions of dollars in income make your decisions based on what you want to build create that vision and you know in some of the trainings that i've created for uh, my clients you know i use the example of mark zuckerberg versus tom from myspace If you remember, MySpace was really big uh, a decade ago, (laughs) however long that was, however much that dates me. Um, And they're no longer around. So a lot of people think that Tom from MySpace was probably a failure, right? Because MySpace doesn't exist. But the reality is that Tom from MySpace and Mark Zuckerberg are both equally successful because of their vision. Tom wanted to found a company and build it uh, um, up and then have a successful exit. And he sold MySpace to IO. AOL for something like $400 million, and he retired at the age of 30 on a beach, whereas Zuckerberg wanted to be the CEO of a tech company. And so both are equally successful, but they made very different decisions in how they built their businesses because of what they ultimately wanted. So you want to, if you're starting out as a coach or any small business owner, you want to think about the business that you really want in, you know, say five or 10 years, and you can make your decisions based on that.
2: Now, when you're working with your clients, um, do you see some mistakes that freelancers especially uh, make over and over again that you're like, oh, here we go again?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> I mean, it really is with any small business owners, but because I work particularly with creative people, there are a number of really major mistakes that I see over and over and over again. Um, one is not knowing, not refining your target market and understanding, or even sometimes understanding what a target market is. Because creative people tend to not have studied business in the past, they don't even necessarily know what that term is. And so they kind of throw up a website and then they start hunting for jobs over and over again. And that's what most freelancers do. And why freelancer is kind of synonymous with broke a lot of times is that they are simply looking for contract jobs over and over again, and they spend all their time job hunting instead of building a brand and building the systems that bring in leads. And it's the same with a lot of clients. They're, they're constantly hunting for clients instead of building the systems that bring them in. So that's one of the major things. And then the other thing is as creative people, there's this creative energy, and some people don't even identify as creative people, but they're full of ideas. That's what I call a creative person. If you're an idea person, what happens is you have all of these ideas, you have these great ideas and this great vision for your business, and you never actually pick one and consistently work on it. You, by the time you start something, you're on to something else, and you have all of these half-finished projects, whether that's your social media or your website or you know targeting a specific niche. You never sit down, double down, and do the consistent things that build the business.
2: Now, you mentioned a couple times um, kind of getting inbound leads. Is that part of your methodology Mm -hmm. is to create funnels that um, create inbound opportunities where you're not having to chase every single lead out there?
0: A hundred percent. I'm all about knowing who your audience is and learning how to talk to them in their language and then creating the systems for connecting with them and having conversations at scale. Um, And that's essentially at the core, that's what a funnel is for anybody that's listening that, you know, is not versed in the language. A funnel is just a system for kind of bringing people in from prospects to lead to, you know, sales and clients. Um, And they can be super complicated or they can be really simple. And for my clients, I try to keep it really, really simple because, again, creative people, we tend to overthink things. Um, we tend to not be able to not, not make decisions as quickly as we could out of this um, conflict of wanting to do too much at the same time. And so, you know, it's a reminder that, you know, a sales, sales is just a conversation between two people. And marketing is learning who the people are that you want to talk to in order to have those sales conversations and figuring out how to connect with them. So keep it really, really simple.
2: So now what's the, at the top, what is that first kind of interaction you recommend your um, clients make? What type of um, first communication or the first, uh, I guess, the beginning of the conversation?
0: The beginning of the conversation. It really, it it does depend a little bit on specific business. Um, But what I do with my clients is I have them go through and create their business plan and they build out a brand strategy. It's very brief, but basically, who is your ideal client? And then you do some work around where they are. And that's where you choose to spend 80% of your efforts when it comes to marketing. So if you're a coach and you're going after, say, um, I don't know, uh, plumbing businesses, you want to teach business to plumbers and help them get better leads. Right, you know, where are those people spending their time? Are they searching for you? Are they going to conventions? Are they on social media at midnight and you need to run an ad? You know, determine where your clients are spending their time right now or your potential clients and be there. Um, And oftentimes the best way to get new clients when you're just starting out is to make a list of all of the people that you know and highlight the people who you think either are potential clients or would know them and talk to them. These are your warmest leads. These are the people that already know, like, and trust you. So you capitalize on your relationship with them when you're first getting started.
2: Now, you mentioned know, like, and trust. Um, How do you Mm kind of convey that through a website?
0: Very carefully. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a great question. Um, I think, you know, some of it is being transparent and authentic. I think um, as a coach, it's really important to be visible as a person to get that trust. Video does amazing for that. Um, Great copywriting can really do that, talking about yourself. Um, You know, in-person speaking and events can help you build that know I can trust faster. Um, And online, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's about the copy and when you know your client your potential client your ideal client well you'll know what resonates with them and then you can create content that catches their attention um and you want to write copy you know for your website or your social media or whatever that when people read it they're like yes i get that i feel that i see that that's me right that's kind of you're building the trust factor just by speaking in their language
1: if you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you're a business coach and want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. Kate stone here with Business Radio X. I have a question for you that I think would be mm-hmm. helpful to our listeners. I'm a little bit spoiled. I am a coach in some regards, but I have a built-in client base. Uh, My clients Mm -hmm. are internal. They run Business Radio X Studios, uh, eight of them at this point. Uh, Next time I talk to you, I hope it's 18 and after that, 28. But um, (laughs) it's kind of a built-in group. What I don't have much of a feel for and wouldn't have the first clue about, candidly, if I were to go out into the marketplace and try to offer my coaching services um, how do you go about scoping and pricing your work as a, as a coach? Any counsel you can offer on that front would be great.
0: So pricing is very unique um, and, you know, varies by business. But I would start by looking at the value that you provide. So, you know, when somebody works with you as a coach, what is the value that they get and what is that worth to your ideal client?
2: So then um, it's less about an hourly rate, but just frame everything in terms of what is the value that the client's getting, rather than how much time it takes you to do something.
0: A hundred percent. And that's, that's a lot of what I teach and why, you know, I am able to command, you know, high level prices as a designer, as well as pretty good pricing as a coach is that I do value-based pricing. I don't work with anyone. I don't, uh, position myself based on being the cheapest. I position myself as being the best for my particular target market. I am a big believer. If you're going to build a business, and particularly if you want to build a six-figure or higher business, you want to focus on the value that you provide for your customers or your clients. Just period. And you know, I'll give you a great example that I use in one of my online programs, and it's it's for copywriters versus coaches. But I think you can kind of get the gist. Um, I'll use an example of as a copywriter. Let's say that my entire job was writing captions for t shirts that are sold online, right? That's just, it's a one paragraph caption to sell t shirts. Well, if I can write that one paragraph, maybe it takes me two minutes to write that one paragraph, but it results in five extra sales a month for my client, then I have made them an extra, you know, $250 that month. I've made them an extra $12,000 that year. I've maybe made them a million dollars over the course of the next five years with that two-minute piece of work, right? So my value is not based on my time. It's on what the client gets out of working with me.
1: So yeah, that is such a valuable reminder. It's 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 not a time and materials equation at all because that number could really be quite big in what a coach with specialized expertise and the ability mm-hmm. to help a person self discover the right path uh, the, the, the impact that they could have goes so far beyond any kind of time mm-hmm. and materials equation that 's a great reminder thank you
0: a hundred percent and it is it's interesting with coaching because it 's sometimes hard to quantify because the because the results that you get from coaching last for such a long time it's sometimes hard, you know, people think it's it's hard to justify, say, $10,000 for a six-month package. But if somebody spends $10,000 on a business coach and they're able to have a six-figure business within a year after leaving their corporate job versus if they did it by themselves, they're far less likely to have gotten to six figures in their first year, Um, you know, and then if they have the mindset to then keep going and scaling that to multiple six-figures, is that worth $10,000 investment up front? 100%.
2: Now, is that, though, um, difficult for some people to believe they're worth that?
0: It is. And that's, that's money mindset. Uh, money mindset is a really interesting thing. You know, we have these beliefs that we have inherited um, from our family, from our childhood, from TV or the media that we read. And, I, you know, we all have certain beliefs, either that serve us or don't. But beliefs are simply just thoughts that we continue to think Right. And I know I've done a lot of money mindset work myself and um, understand, you know, why I have some of the financial patterns that I have in my own life. Right. I um, personally, I've made quite a bit of money in both my career and my businesses. But, but you know, in my personal life, I'm terrible with money and I'll make all this money and then like I somehow lose it all. And I've done that a couple of times during my life. And so I had to look back at my beliefs. And what I realized was happening is that I had these conflicting beliefs in, internally that, you know, I felt guilty almost that it was so easy for me to make this money. So I felt like it was undeserving. Um, and so then I would find a way to, to stop making that money. Right. It's, it's amazing how these beliefs hold us back. Or, you know, if you grew up hearing, well, money doesn't grow on trees, you got to work hard, you got to get a ju- good job and spend eight hours a day at the office. And then when you're 60, you can maybe start to live your life. Um, those are beliefs that are influencing the actions that you're taking. But the great thing is that you can change those beliefs. And sometimes just doing the work to understand the value can be a, um, you know, real life changing event for my clients when they sit down and they think about the value that their clients actually get from working with them. It makes a big difference in understanding that you are worthy and you deserve to be compensated for your time and your talents. And it doesn't matter if it comes easy to you or not. Like, you know, if, if your plumber could come over right now and fix the, the running things that you have, do you think you should pay him less because it took him less time to get here? Or do you think you should pay him more?
2: Right. It's almost like you get penalized same. for being better. If you, mm-hmm. at, at the beginning, when you don't know anything, it takes you longer. And then at the, yep. towards later on in your career, you're smarter and know more and it takes you less time. So why would you get be less compensated for that knowledge and wisdom?
0: A hundred percent. And I heard a great one not too long ago. I can't remember. There was an artist. It might've been Picasso uh, who years ago had done a napkin drawing and somebody said, Oh, can I buy that napkin drawing? And, they, and he said, sure. It's you know $10,000. And she said, Oh my God, but it took you like three minutes. I'm, you know, why is that? And he said, it took me three minutes to draw and 60 years to prepare. Right, You know, you're not paying for the time that it actually takes. You're paying for the experience and the knowledge that comes with that.
2: Absolutely. That's a great lesson for everybody. Um, Because I think I agree that most people undervalue their worth.
0: Mm -hmm. It's 100% true. And it's, it's hard, too. When you're starting a business, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. And we often forget that it does take time and that, you know, with sales and marketing in particular, there's a numbers game. And so we have a few no's and, and we start to doubt ourselves um, when it's really not, you know, it, 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 we're dropping the ball too soon. We're giving up on our dreams too soon. And a
2: lot of people, their first move is to discount the rate instead of 100%. raising they the rate. the
0: pricing's wrong <laughs> right? when really it's either a messaging or a marketing problem. Right.
2: Now, for you in your work, um, how important is the community or building this network of um freelancers now that you're kind of targeting that group. Is that part of the mission is to help the freelancers network amongst themselves and help each other?
0: It's really not <laughs> for me. Um, there are a lot of amazing communities out there for freelancers and consultants. I am more about this strategy and the actions to take as a business owner. And I think that's because I personally am an introvert. And so I don't out community in the same way that other people do and I don't feel as comfortable running a community and so that's not the business that I want to build. What I do is I give my freelancers, my clients, um, you know, the tools to build their business and it is a step-by-step, step-by-step guidance for doing that and sometimes that includes finding the community and so, you know, part of that marketing is, again, like where are, are your clients or where are your referral partners? You know, if you can get uh, more clients because you partner with an agency that can send work your way or you partner with another business coach who can cross-refer when people don't fit their program, you know, those are great ways to get leads.
2: So for you personally, you prefer giving them the tools to then go forth and prosper rather than kind of being uh, there with them as they do that. 100%.
0: 100%. So I'm there with them if they're working with me one-on-one, and they have access to me in my in my group programs as well online. But it's they're doing the work. It's less about the community and the conversation because frankly, right now there is so much noise in the world. There's noise online. There's noise on Facebook, and there is no shortage of free information and free community and ways to connect with people. That is, you know, if that need has been filled over and over and over again. Um, so that's not an area that I feel like I need to connect. Now, my one-on-one clients do love the support that they get from me. And that's something that, you know, they love about private coaching. But, you know, uh, building a community is is not my uh, my thing, I guess.
2: <laughs> but what you're doing is you're giving them, here, do these five things. And I'm going to hold you accountable to those yes. five things, right? There's some tough kind of love element of this, right? It's not like, here, you know, watch this video and then good luck.
0: Right. It's, it's watch this video and then do these five things and find what works for your business. So it's an implementation program. Right. Right. It's, it's, we talk about why we're doing something and then we talk about the simplest way to do it. You know, as somebody that spent my career in startups, I have learned very much about taking quick action. You know, you have a hypothesis, you test it, you validate it, you decide if this was any good, and then you either repeat or you kill it and you start over again. Right.
1: And
0: you know, I do a lot of that sort of stuff. I do quick and dirty strategies for really growing a business and a brand. Right. And then once you've established who your client is and you've started creating those systems, then it go we go into those daily or, you know, regular habits that keep your business growing.
2: So now, um, if you could share one piece of actionable advice for a new coach that's just getting into coaching and uh, maybe they worked outside, maybe they, you know, worked for a business and now they're getting into coaching, do you have a piece of actionable mm-hmm. advice that can help somebody um, kind of speed up their learning curve? Oh,
0: I have so many. Um, obviously, hiring a coach, every coach should have a coach, I think is a really good plan. Um, If you're not able to do that financially for whatever reason, be careful with the amount of stuff you ingest online. Every expert on the internet has a different opinion and you will quickly overwhelm yourself and burn yourself out if you try to listen to them all. And it becomes kind of this overwhelming noise and you'll become paralyzed. I've seen it over and over again. I've been through it myself. So I would limit the number of people that you take advice from you know, pick a few trusted experts and listen to them and take those steps. And remember two things. One, consistent action always pays off. One percent every every day pays off, you know, 365% by the end of the year. And two is don't give up. Most businesses shut down because the founder gives up and has a bad day. Your ability to recover when you have a bad day and keep going is what will define your long-term success.
2: Yep. Resilience. That's important.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if somebody wanted to learn more and have a more substantive conversation with you, what's the coordinates that they should uh, go to?
0: Easiest way is to go to KateBegoy.com and you know, check out my coaching programs. I also have a little chat box and you can send me a message and we can take it from there.
2: And that's how you get your inbound leads, right? With that little chat box?
0: It sure is. Well, I have actually coaching applications for my various mm-hmm. programs. But um, yeah, I get some through a chat bot as well, which is really great. It's a nice little add-on for your website when you're a little more established.
2: Good stuff. Well, Kate, thank you so much for sharing your story today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was great.
2: All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.